On today's episode of Future Says, we have Vijay Kemparaj, the digital twin lead at Ford. He has over 12 years experience in the automotive domain, utilizing computer-aided design, computer-aided engineering, and data analytics technology. He's currently leading Ford's agile software engineering team to deliver vehicle health products and services, utilizing connected devices and digital twins. Hello and welcome to Future Says, Vijay. Thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, Sian. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. So, Vijay, to kick things off then, can you explain how you've gone from a mechanical engineering background to now being the lead digital twin at Ford? Perfect. Thanks, Sian. Um, that's a interesting path. I started my career in 2010 in uh, Ford as a... Um, uh, digital tools and innovation engineer, specifically focusing on uh, managing the CAD-related data. Um, so I was so excited to work with the designing or drafting of uh, the entire vehicle seeing in one place. Uh, as I came into uh, the industry, it's not only about the designing of the vehicle. There are huge uh, team, huge set of IT and technologies are involved in terms of managing the CAD-related information, the designing-related information. So that excited me to learn, uh, focus more on the IT side of the, the, the technology side of the business rather than uh, most of the designing kind of a thing. And from there, I started uh, looking at the PLM domain, the product lifecycle domain. So, so far, my focus was only on managing the bill of materials, uh, the CAD data or the computer-aided engineering, the CA analysis data, and then my focus was slightly moved into the managing the manufacturing engineering data. So once the product is designed, how the product uh, can be industrialized. So what are all the manufacturing facilities are needed? Uh, what kind of a factory setup is needed? Uh, how many machineries are needed? So that, that is a again the bigger set of um, the world and creating the digital markup for example a product uh, vehicle is designed now how can i validate whether that uh, vehicle can be manufactured in a facility a and if if yes can the same line be used for manufacturing a vehicle b okay so that kind of a lot of uh, if and if and uh, if simulations what of simulations kind of a thing needs to be validated and that accumulated a lot of data and that is where uh, i got an opportunity to digitize the entire factory that is where i got an opportunity to work on all the latest uh, and greatest technologies like the augmented reality the virtual reality the predictive maintenance, such kinds of things. We created all this uh, factory data, uh, but still that is uh, kind of a three-dimensional though, but it is not a fully immersive. So before even the facility was arise uh, for a greenfield project, if we wanted to do ergo uh, kind of a simulation, we wanted to bring the operators into the lab and we can create a uh, 3D environment of uh, line and stations so that uh, they can pick the parts and uh, try to assemble and see whether they have any ergo issues, reachability, all those stuff uh, we'll be able to check all in one place. And then I kind of moved into... The mobility um, area, the digital product so far, my uh, all my responsibility were only to the internal customers, uh, but this um, digital products are for external customers. So the once the vehicle is launched, manufactured and launched, and how the customer as a customer, I can monitor the health of the vehicle. Uh, how can I know when my vehicle needs a maintenance? And how can I increase the customer experience of 
the services. So, for example, if I need to schedule uh, maintenance uh, for my vehicle, so how can I schedule that maintenance without disrupting my day-to-day activities? Okay, so that is the kind of uh, place that I was working on, providing a preemptive kind of an alerts to the customers. Hey, your vehicle has this issue. And please go get it uh, serviced in next two days. And automatically a service will be scheduled on behalf of you based on that health status of the vehicle. And then all the parts related to that service will be available before you reach to the maintenance uh, places. So that is the kind of uh, digital products that I was uh, responsible for. And now my recent role will be on digital uh, enterprise twin, which is like creating an enterprise level twin for entire processes of enterprise. Wow. Sounds like you're very busy, VJ. You're working on a lot of different projects, a really interesting career trajectory there. But just at the end there, you mentioned the digital enterprise twin. What I've seen in the market is a lot of reticence and reluctance to define a digital twin because it is so poorly defined or because the definition is so poorly agreed upon. For you, what actually is the definition of a digital twin? So I kind of uh, refer most of these things from, uh, from uh, Michael Greaves. So I, I go by his definitions. But in, in my responsibility, it is not uh, only about the digital twin of an, any physical assets. So even sometimes the enterprise level, the processes kind of a thing. Also, we would like to create a digital representation. For example, the logistics process, for example, the supply chain process. For example, the procurement process. So having the digital twin at an enterprise level for these kinds of an, um, uh, process related objects as in, in a, in a digital world is also a digital twin. That's what, that's how it's evolved. So when I say the, the recent area that I'm working on is kind of, uh, the process mining, uh, that's what uh, we were working on. So in some of the areas, for example, if we wanted to improve uh, the operating cost of a particular process, let's say the supply chain process, uh, then first we need to uh, have the visibility of what is the current process. So in that, the problem is nowadays the enterprise ecosystem is not that simple. It is not a small startup. It is uh, this, the bigger organization are there for more number of years. So there will be an N number of systems and going and sitting with individual IT people and understanding what each of the IT systems are doing, the step-by-step process and understanding and manually mapping. It's a very uh, humongous task. So what uh, we need to do is that we are using the process mining concepts of collecting the event logs of all the enterprise IT systems and converging that into one place and applying a, a process mining algorithms like Alpha Miner, Fuzzy Miner kind of algorithms. And it will give us the process maps. By seeing that process discovery, um, the automatic process discovery, the we will get an overview of what is our current process, where the bottlenecks are, uh, and where the inefficiency are associated, what are all the deviated steps, and then from there we can identify the areas for improvement and we can eliminate both inefficiency. Amazing. So as you said yourself, EJ, it's a humongous task. It's not something that can be achieved in, in a couple of weeks. But is there quick wins, key milestones that you hope to achieve on that journey? Yes. So um, that um, rather than doing at an enterprise level, so we are attacking kind of an um, 
process by process. Maybe the high inefficient processes might be considered and collecting the data, the event data or the logs uh, from only those particular systems rather than going and boiling the ocean of an entire enterprises, maybe thousand plus applications. Let's target one or two applications, collect those data. Let's say only uh, the supply chain or any uh, procurement or kind of any PD manufacturing process and only two or three systems and do the process uh, discovery uh, for those systems and see how much value we can gain out of it. And once the inefficiencies are identified and, and we will see how we can implement those identified inefficiencies, how can we implement the new processes for those inefficient areas? So Vijay, you said throughout your career at Ford, which I think is about 12 years or so now, you've been in many different fields. Um, you're speaking about the digital enterprise twin. Do you also get involved or is there a separate team that involves digital twins of physical assets then? And how does that work? Yes. So now, historically, if we, I mean, uh, when we, the digital twin was coined, it was like a digital twin of an entire thing. So we call it as digital twin, a single word. But now we are gaining more traction and more clarity out of it. And now the digital twin of a product, a digital twin of a vehicle, and then the logistics digital twin, we are getting closer to those kinds of things. For a physical thing, so I would give uh, some of the examples where we are applying is, so like this uh, software, the digital native companies, how uh, all the software products are being monitored and improvised the same way for vehicles, we will be able to monitor how each of the features inside a vehicle are being used. For example, as a design engineer, uh, historically, if I need to decide whether I need to uh, add one feature, for example, a panoramic roof, or example, providing a CD player, maybe nowadays many people are using uh, mostly the streaming applications inside of the car, but it's still uh, marketing team says the CD player is needed in a vehicle. So as a design engineer, we don't have the data backed up uh, solution. But nowadays with the connected car kind of a thing, we'll be able to monitor each and every uh, activity uh, of an users, how each of the features inside the vehicle are being utilized by the users. And we will come to know whether that feature is really needed or not needed. For example, the CD player case, I mean, I quote. So as a design engineer, uh, we'll be able to know whether that feature is being effectively used by most of the users or it is unused features inside a vehicle. So so those, can, I mean, it's one example, but that kind of a lot of decisions we'll be able to take for each of the uh, features inside a vehicle and design it in a better way. and. Um, even what level of threshold we need to give. So, for example, if I have the capacity X to Y and do we need to provide that entire capacity of that feature or X to some next point five is enough. Okay, so that is the, uh, the kind of value we are getting uh, from these kinds of physical twins. And there are multiple uh, teams, as I said, uh, are doing uh, focused digital twins. Uh, specific to vehicle or vehicle uh, specific to factory. So these are all associated with the physical twins. Okay, amazing. So again, for people watching that are much earlier in their adoption life cycle that are still just considering digital twins, where to maybe deploy them first and foremost, do you have advice, Vijay, on where they should start, what they should focus on from day one? Okay, so for those kinds of an, uh, digital twin, um, the lesson learned thing is, 
some of the times uh, we need to be uh, very focused on the use cases um so th- that's what i would kind of um, give two approaches both uh, should go hand in hand that is something like the bottom up approach and then the top down approach uh so, so the top down is something you should have a very clear strategic priority of what is our current state uh, we are in and where we wanted to reach in next 5 years of time and from that strategic priority we need to boil down to uh, the next level of activities like what projects what programs what portfolios or initiatives we need to trigger in terms of uh, uh, digital uh, initiatives uh, because the problem is uh, when we started everyone wants to do uh, the new new digital initiatives on this area but if all these the pockets of digital activities are not converging in one place then it's very difficult to realize the big vision of uh, achieving the digital twin for an enterprise okay Uh, so it should be kind of a top down approach uh, the strategy should be defined and there should be a proper pmo kind of a governance process of uh, intaking what initiatives are aligned with our strategic priority what should be done and what should not be done because there will be a lot of uh, interest in bringing in lot of new digital initiatives but we have very limited resources in terms of doing that activity and each of these activities should have a value associated to it and the third thing is the technology maturity for example the digital twin is something that needed a kind of a visualization for which we are adapting an ar augmented reality and virtual reality and the technology that we are picking up also needs to be evaluated whether it is already in a mature state or it is very at uh, an initial state so how scalable is this so such kind of an technology maturity also we need to evaluate while starting because in my view point there is a lot with respect to if we need to realize the digital twin uh, multiple technologies should aggregate together so uh, we should be very cognizant in picking uh, which technology we are going to adapt because it's not like doing a pilot uh, for one set of groups so after you generate it uh, you need to scale it you need to maintain it and any changes comes in you need to quickly uh, bring in the changes in a quick amount of time so if the technology doesn't mature you will not be able to achieve that kind of a Uh, scalability you mentioned value there that every project that you put forward has to have a value associated with it i'd like to inquire a bit about that value you know what i've read recently from mckinsey was that digital twins have the potential to increase revenue 10% increase product quality 25% and accelerate time to market by 50% it's a big return on investment there do you agree with that type of potential vj is there any numbers that you could share yourself in terms of success Yep. but in a real time uh, experiences i'm seeing such kinds of a good amount of uh, uh, benefits we are seeing uh, but as i as i uh, mentioned in the previous answer we should not try to attack boil the ocean kind of a thing so that we should concentrate on only the specific areas for example you quoted um, if we need to improvise the quality rather than just saying this is my objective of the quality target for an enterprise so we need to go into the level of a particular product or for example even we may drill down and go to the level of a particular manufacturing plant or particular line so this is my quality target uh, our current state of quality uh, metric uh, in this line and i wanted to enhance this quality level from this current state to this uh, x state uh, so then how can i map the so called digital trend for this area so when you set targets it should be very crystal clear of what we are trying to achieve at a granular level rather than at very enterprise level so these kinds of projects has a very higher 
possibility, probability of getting success. Yeah. So that success criteria is defined up front. What do we want to increase it to, decrease it to, accelerate it? Okay. Interesting. Yes. And if that is missed, definitely that we have seen quite a lot of uh, use cases have not gone to the successful state. We end up in lost in the, the pilot parogatory state. Could we open that up a little bit? And what are those challenges? What are the common pitfalls in unsuccessful projects? Okay. So the challenges in normal um, digital doing challenges that uh, from my point of view is kind of culture sometimes uh, playing a vital role. So, for example, when we wanted to do a digital twin, it's not on a very uh, small incremental uh, transformation. It is a humongous, a, a leapfrog kind of a transformation, completely moving from one, like an industrial age kind of a movement to the uh, technology age kind of a movement. So the culture shift should be considered a lot and it, it is playing a vital role. So when I say culture, every people... I mean, for example, if you look at um, the Gen X, Gen Y or uh, Gen Z kind of a people, the, the recent younger generation people, they are already seeing or they are already well-versed well with these mobile apps, the digital native applications or data native applications. They've already seen when they are uh, procuring or ordering something uh, in an uh, apps like Amazon app. So they get the delivery instantaneously and they get to see that lot of recommendations coming up when I buy the people who bought this uh, item also bought this item. Um, so that kind of a recommendations coming together and they are well-versed with those kinds of things. Uh, but some of the people who have not got more exposure uh, to the technologies are also uh, in, in organizations and they may be even in a position to take the decision. So we need to first bring alignment of those kinds of a people uh, in terms of culture. So on the leadership alignment should be there and they should be kind of the sponsor for these kinds of things for the culture shift. And there should be a lot of quick wins in terms of success stories. So we need to create a lot of success stories so that people can be, view that success stories and can see and, and can adapt it. So the success, to create that success stories, we should not have always the five-year, 10-year initiatives. Um, so we should have, as you mentioned, a lot of quick wins, which can provide the value in a quick amount of time. Uh, so that way we can bring in the culture shift mindset so that everyone will be thinking in that direction. And to bring that even the culture uh, shift mindset, we even need to provide a lot of enablement trainings kind of a thing so that it's not only the technology folk from IT side uh, or the analytics side should do all these digital twin initiatives. So, so as, as like 50 percentage, they are the contributors, the business team also uh, contributing with another 50 percentage because they know the function, they know the use cases. So for them, we need to enable them with the proper uh, right set of tools so that they will quickly scale up and start adapting this thing. So in terms of the usability or in terms of creating the new applications uh, in that arena. So we need to provide that kind of a trainings, the data literacy and the enablement tools uh, to quickly scale uh, those business folks uh, or the cities and users also to uh, use that one steps. So that is the culture shift. And another thing is uh, the another pitfall that I, I told you is choosing the, the, the technology, right? So I think I already touched upon that. So choosing the, the, the very matured uh, right technology at the right point in time is also uh, should be considered uh, very carefully. So two questions off the back of that, Vijay. The first, a, a quick one, you said not just the five to 10 year initiatives, also the quick wins. What time frame do you have for quick wins in AI POCs? 
typically we say six to eight weeks. Is it the same for digital twins? No, I would say the quick wins when I define it at least a year, less than a year initiative. So Perfect. it can be anything. Three months. Yeah. Three months to one year. That's great. Okay. So that's good expectations, I think, to set up front. And the second question was, I love what you said. So the team, I really wanted to ask you about the team. So the team is 50%, let's say, technical, IT or data backgrounds and 50% business or engineering backgrounds. The 50% that aren't trained in data and this type of new technology, how do you go about it? How do you build their data literacy? Okay, so in terms of um, our data literacy, so bringing in a lot of enablement teams, I think this is my uh, view completely. Um, so I'm kind of seeing a trend, the shifting trend patterns that is happening is so, so gone are the days where we are uh, pocketed as a skill teams, like an IT team sits in as one group completely doing only the software engineering, software development, and anal analytics groups who will be doing only the data science related of things and the marketing and sales and the manufacturing people only doing that kind of an activity. But nowadays the pattern is kind of a shifting, the industry trend is shifting towards um, having a, a multi-specialized skills. Um, so bringing all these people as a one uh, product group or as a one team uh, so that they will uh, work together. So naturally, the people who knows the technology will talk to the people uh, from non-technology background. So the natural uh, learnings will happen uh, when they work as the team. So that, that is the, the primary change that I'm seeing and that can enable the data literacy. Then the another thing is having a kind of an enablement team who are dedicated to have the trainings um, on uh, doing the common practices. For example, there is some kind of best practices has been done in a marketing and sales, but that has not been shared with uh, the folks in manufacturing or PD, uh, sharing that kind of best practices across the group so that uh, they will have their uh, thought of uh, viewing what is happening in the other areas also so that is that way also we can bring in this uh, data literacy and moreover uh, the leadership push also so leaders just not setting only the strategic uh, objective or high level uh, strategic goals if they also show that kind of an uh, inspiring mindset kind of a thing if they also get uh, their hands dirty and learning uh, new things and sharing that uh, things with the employees that I completed this certification, the new certification, uh, data analytics. So that also will motivate the people to bring in the uh, data literacy. Yeah. You mentioned leadership as well as this sort of enablement. Have you typically seen that the key stakeholder for these projects is the head of data and IT or more so the head of the business, the supply chain or the engineering? Or do they work together? They work together in most of the cases I told you. So the gone are the days that if we <laughs> go as a silo that uh, by functions, it will not work. If we need to scale, I, I think all, all these teams uh, should work together. Okay. So I love the concept of ingredients, VJ, when making a successful project. I think we've got some good ones already. Leadership, culture, um, technology, expectations and timelines. I'm not talking about 10 years, talking about three to 12 months. Are there any other ingredients you think that make up a successful project? If companies had a checklist, I need to get this and this and this. Is there anything else or is that a good starting point? I think that is the good starting point. And, and as I told you, I think uh, the process mining stuff, I, I already explained uh, to you. So when we start this, at least we need to have that kind of, uh, at least the current state of process. 
what is our current state that we we should know so if we don't know what is our current state that we just uh, wanted to aspire to go to the some uh, the, some new state uh, without knowing what is our current state it will not work so we should have the data good amount of data or enough data to to validate what is our current state and so as we start to look towards the future then vj do you have any thoughts on the current adoption of digital twins do you think it's somewhere around 10% is it 1% are we very at the start of this journey where do you expect this market to go let's say in the next 5 years okay so again this is my view so i feel the digital twin is still uh, someone's vision and promise it is not available as a complete solution and again as uh, i mentioned uh the digital twin when when this coin, term was coined it was like um, happened uh, in a very broader case and we are traveling in the v shape so it it, it was all started with a uh, very general uh, term and now when we gain the clarity we are going and trying to create the digital twin at a granular level at an at a component level at a process level and at a machinery level and then trying to uh, integrate all these things to the system level right so it will take time uh, and it uh, at least minimum 5 years of time uh, in my understanding is needed to realize that uh, com um, that that that, that uh, the entire digital twin but so far it is available as vision and promise but uh, this granular level of digital twin for example at a component level or at a process level should be able to talk to each other so i am not still seeing the digital twin from logistics uh is talking to the digital twin from manufacturing or digital twin from manufacturing is talking to the as built digital twin that is in the customer hand the problem is why they have not gone to that level of integration is because still this the digital twin creation of digital twin at logistics level or at a manufacturing uh, plant level or at a process level is not yet done so it is like uh, first the city is trying to fix their problem and then each of the cities will try to connect with the states and then the states will connect to all the states across in a country level so like that now now we are trying to build the digital twin at a granular level and after that once that is matured and we see the value and then each of these digital twin should uh, uh, connect or talk to each other so that that time will take at least 5 uh, years from now brilliant answer vj we're sort of coming to the end now and we only have so long on these episodes but for people at home that want to keep on learning you mentioned michael greaves's books are there any other resource recommendations that you'd give to our viewers yep so um, i kind of uh, honing on the platforms like uh, podcast spotify and then the cosira uh, website learning sites edx nptel and then udacity these are all the learning sites that i often go and search it and the very interesting thing nowadays is that if i search and listen one or two podcasts like for example in spotify if i listen the software engineering daily then it starts recommending me that the people of this nature who listens this podcast are listening the other similar podcast so that is where i get a lot of recommendations and and get the new new uh, podcast shows or new videos it's it's like an auto feeds so that is how my my learning uh, journey is going and some of the books uh, that i would uh, recommend i have a list of books uh, that i have bookmarked and i strongly recommend or something like uh, uh, specific to yuval noah harari the uh, the brief history of humans the homo sapiens and homo deus i think if we read that i will give kind of uh, how uh, this digital twin will enable as an enabler for the human kind so that we will understand 
So I strongly recommend that. Do you think, uh, just, just on that last point, do you think we'll get to a point where every human will have a digital twin, VJ? And yes. for personalized yes. health, yeah? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. That's what even um, what uh, keeps me excited. So when I try to uh, learn more about this, the, the, the breakthroughs that are happening in the healthcare, the breakthroughs that are happening in the mobility area, uh, it looks like everything are converging. So all the digital products. So, so going forward, that's what I kind of see. So how I was giving an example of when something happens in my vehicle before even I came to know the vehicle will schedule its own maintenance. The same thing. So all the data points of a human, it may be related to the psychology related stuff or human health related stuff. So if I'm aging, if I'm having some diseases, automatically all these monitoring devices will be monitoring me and sending an alert to the health care uh, services and they will be scheduling an appointment and then I just go and repair myself and come back. So that is how I'm kind of seeing the future will evolve. Super exciting, super exciting. Fiji, I love this conversation because in my daily work, I speak to a lot of engineers. Um, they're very used to using simulation. They're less used to using data analytics. But for me, a digital twin is an amazing proof point of these technologies converging together to create better products. And for me, like you've said, the quicker that we can build digital twins at, at the subcomponent level, at the system level, at the process level, the sooner we'll get to these efficiency savings that both AI and simulation and digital twin and all of these technologies have promised, but actually coming to fruition. So for me, it's very exciting and it seems for you too, it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting for that because as I told you, it's all getting converged and that, that the singularity kind of a phase, that's what I'm seeing. And a lot of uh, the evolution in technology also has to happen uh, and I'm waiting for it. Yep. Amazing. Vijay, thank you so much for joining the show. It's been great to have you and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Thanks for watching. Now next up on alter.com forward slash future says will be Mika de Cadillac, a joke professor of Blair Business School and strategic advisor to IMEC. Hope to see you there.